thank you for listening to the official podcast of White Oak Pentecostal Holiness Church, where we cultivate true worshipers in Wilson, North Carolina. For more information on White Oak, visit whiteoakphc.com. Because God it could have been another way. That's the very fact that we are here. How the very fact that we are here right now, that's enough to give God some glory. That's enough to give God some praise because He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. I was just sitting back and thinking, look at all the graduates in the house on the day. Hallelujah. That's enough right there to say, Thank you, Jesus. God knows I know the feeling. I'm glad to be done myself. And I know the graduates. Hallelujah. Feel the same way. Hallelujah. So I thank God for being in the house on this morning and amen. So let us buy here for prayer. Amen. For we go on with the word. All wise and all precious God, Lord, we just come and say thank you. We thank you, God, for who you are, God. We ask you, God, you continue, God, to meet us in this place, Father God. Lord, we ask, God, that you bless the word, Father God, for your people, Father God, that it may uplift, God, and edify on this afternoon, God. So Lord, we just say thank you, Father. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, because, God, you are so worthy. Blessed right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Lucas, I ain't going to I'd like to jump out of my seat. Hallelujah. Today's scripture we're going to be coming from. Hallelujah. Matthew 25, actually. Hallelujah. Verses 14 through 25. Amen. The parable of the talent. So when Pastor Lucas jumped, when she said that, I like to jump out of my seat. Amen. Because there is a word from the Lord. Hallelujah. Whether you are a graduate or not, there is a word for you on this morning. Amen. Amen. Say amen when you have it. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 25. Amen. Okay. Starting at the 14th verse, and it reads... For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country, as a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them five more talents. And likewise, he who had received two, he also gained another two. Come on now, somebody. Stay with me for a little while. But he that received one talent went, digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. Mm -mm -mm. Verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh. And reckon with them. And so he that received five talents, he came forward and brought his five other talents, saying, Lord, thou deliver unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Come on now, somebody. He was excited about the talents that he delivered. Who, hallelujah. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Whew, good God Almighty, thou have been faithful over few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Why? Because I know I can trust you. Come on now, somebody. Just stay with me for a little while. I promise we're going somewhere. Hallelujah. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. 
And he also, he that received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou deliver unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained another two besides them. And his Lord came back again. Come on now, somebody. And said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou have been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Then verse 24, 25. Then he that received the one talent, come on now, somebody, came and said, Lord, I know thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering thou hast not shrieked. But hold on. But he said, I, verse 25, and I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast is, my, is thine. So just imagine how he being the one with the one talent. And as I began to think about this parable, the Lord began to minister to me. And he let me know and he told me to come say this morning that telling the congregation, don't hide your talents. Come on now, somebody. If I were used for a topic or a subject on this morning, afternoon, it would simply be, don't hide your talents. Hallelujah. Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. So as I begin to think about it, God began to let me know that we cannot hide or conceal or be afraid to showcase and use our own personal abilities. Come on now, somebody. So just from the nature of the service itself, Hallelujah. Just look at all the gifts and the talents and everybody explain what they're planning to do next. Just think about that thing. Whew. See, some of us, you know, we may have found our talents and enhanced them in high school or college or graduate school. Or some of us, even in a church, hallelujah, we have found our talents. But the Lord began to let me know we should not hide them because we have shown that we are able to excel and thrive in our talents. Come on now, somebody. So even in your chosen field of study, God began to let me know the very fact that you graduated shows that you are able to do what you have been called to do on this morning. So I just stopped by to remind you to embrace your talents. Just embrace them and use them. Hallelujah. Don't be like the man with the one talent and go and hide them. So now it's time for us to showcase our gifts, our callings, and our skills because it's so necessary and needed on today. Everything that's going on in the world, it's time for us to use what God has given unto us. How can I get a praise right there? God is good right there. So let's just go back to the scripture for a little while about the parable of the talents. And when you think about who's telling the parable, Jesus is telling them this parable. And in order for us to get a better understanding of what I mean about not hiding our talents, let's get back to the scripture. So in verse 14, hallelujah, the parable, or in other words, a story with a moral lesson, uh, Jesus sets up the scene. So he tells them of the story of a man. He's about to go on a journey. But before he went on the journey, he called his servants unto him. And a part of that scripture that really struck home, he entrusted them with his property. Come on now, somebody. And I begin to think about that thing. See, God has given us all unique talents and gifts to help us navigate our own personal journey called life. Come on, that's another gift God praise right there. Hallelujah. Thank God for giving me my talents. Amen. Amen. So you go down to the 15th verse. You know, Jesus began to speak about the actual talents. 
So he explains the amount of talents given to each of the servants. One received five, one received two, and one received one talent. And as I was studying the scripture and Pastor Lucas kind of touched on it, she began to talk about the talents. And from my study, one talent was a monetary unit. It was currency, and it was worth about 20 years wages for a worker. Just one talent, 20 years wages for a worker. Now, I don't know about you, and I begin to, to chuckle a little bit, but 20 years worth of my current wages, whether I got one or five, I'll be happy. Come on, have somebody. Come on, I know I'm not the only one. Hallelujah. 20 years worth. And I begin to look at it. What you hiding it for? I would have used it myself. But when I begin to think on this thing, each servant was given a talent that was valuable. See, the amount was not relevant because each of the servants had something of value in their hands. So I want you to know that your talents is valuable as well. See, this is why we should not covet or be jealous of how many talents someone else has. Because as the verse suggests, God gave us talents based on our own ability. Holy God would not put too much on us that we can bear. So the very fact that God took the time and gave me a talent according to my own ability, that's enough to say thank you right there. So basically, he gave us the right amount of talents and skills that we can personally handle to not overwhelm us. So it doesn't matter if you have one good talent or one degree, high school diploma. It doesn't matter if you have multiple degrees or have multiple talents. You need to know that what you have is valuable. Come on now, somebody. Why is this thing valuable? It's valuable because God has tailor-made our giftings for each of us which is shown by the fact that we all had different skills and talents. Hallelujah. Why? To edify and to uplift. Amen. And the Bible makes it clear in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. And it says, I'm going to read for a new international version. I'm going to switch versions for a little while because it makes it clear. Amen. It said, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If you have the gift of prophesy, then prophesy. If you have the gift of serving, then serve. If it is to teach, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. So, in other words, whatever talents that you have, just know that God operates in it and use it. Amen. So, even if you tie it back to the present day right now, whatever you majored in school, whatever office you hold in the church, Know that it was God that gave it to you. And it's the very fact that God gave it to you to let you know right there that it is valuable. Amen. Amen. So if you go back to the scripture in verses 16 through 18, you know, Jesus began to describe how the servants viewed their talents given to them. Come on now, somebody. Let's, let's take a look at these servants. So the servant who had received five talents, what did he do? He instantly went out and decided to trade them. And since he acted on his talents, he is rewarded with double the amount of talents that he had. So he realized that what he had, his talent was valuable. And he went out and utilized it and traded it, and he got double for you. Come on now, somebody. That's enough to give praise right there. So also, the servant with two talents, he did the same thing. 
Thank you, Master, for my talents. I got two of them. And he went out, and what he do? He used it. He didn't hide it, and he traded it. Come on now, somebody. And because he used his talents, he also received a double portion as well. So the man with the five talents, he ended up with ten talents. The man with two talents, he ended up with four talents. So they did something with their gifts, and as a result, they received more rewards. What am I saying? I'm saying if you use the talents that you have, God will reward you as well. Come on now, somebody. But then, come on, there always got to be an all ball in the bunch. See, I know about being an all ball. Hallelujah. My God, God have mercy. I know about being an all ball, but nevertheless, so the servant that was given one, one talent, let's talk about him. He made the decision to hide his gift. And he went, not just hide, he went, put it in the ground. And that, that thing, you know, struck a chord with me. Because I said, obviously they was all in the same place. And, and he saw the other two servants, you know, they went and they traded and they doubled. Why he went to go hide his when he saw what they had done? Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. And as I begin to think on that thing, I believe he's looked and saw, I don't have as much as they have. Hallelujah, Jesus. I know I ain't the only one that's been there before. See, even though I, I was just beating up on him a little bit, it's easy to beat up on him. It is. Come on now, somebody. But sometimes we are just like him. Sometimes we feel like our talents and gifting is not like other people's. I can't sing as well as so-and-so. I can't play like so-and-so. I can't speak like so-and-so. I can't do school like so-and-so. Come on now, somebody. God knows I'm, no, I'm guilty of that thing right there. But I came to let you know that it is a waste of time looking and worrying about somebody else's talents. But now we have to fo focus on showcasing our very own talent. Whether you got five, two, or one. Just know that what you have is valuable. Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. And then keep on reading this, this parable. Hallelujah. In verses 4, 19 through 25, you know, Jesus switched the focus. So he explained what each of the servants did with their talents. And now they got to take into account. The master come back. He shifted the focus on the master. So he talks about and explained how the master, you know, responded to how the servants used his talents that he gave them. So in part, the master basically comes and asks, what did you do with the talents I gave you? Come on now, somebody. Just imagine if our master was to come right now and say, what are you doing with the talents I gave you? Hallelujah. We'd be able to stand the count. So, of course, the one with the five, you know, if I had five, I'm doubled, I would have came right to my master as well. Master, <laughs> thank you. I, got, I took your five talents and I doubled it for you. Now I have ten. The one with the two talents came and said, Master, thank you for my talents. I used it, and now I doubled it for you. And so they were rewarded. Hallelujah. The master told them, well done, my good and faithful servants. In other words, I am pleased with you. Hallelujah. You saw the value of the talents I gave you, and you did exactly what I was testing to see what you were going to do. Hallelujah. And even on today, we think about our personal talents. Come on now, somebody. If God was to come right now, hallelujah, we can't, hallelujah, hide our own talents. Hallelujah. What would you say to Christ if you, 
didn't operate in your gift, didn't operate in your calling. And Christ wants to come back and say, what have you been doing? Hallelujah. So the one with the one talent, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, for one thing, oh, he won, he won an account for what we did with it. I went and hid my, uh, these two talking about they double dares and, and everything, and mine somewhere in the ground. Okay, let me, let me go on. I can't get out this way. Let me go on and be honest. So, so the one with the one talent, he told the master that he decided to hide his gift. And I begin to say, God, why did this man hide his gift? Why did he hide his talents? And it was because he said, I was afraid. And I said, God, I know that feeling of being afraid to use your talents. And why? It's because we don't want the accountability or the responsibility that comes with it. Come on now, somebody. Come on now, somebody. For example, if you got a gift of saying, hallelujah, and you, and you know God calling you to be a worship leader, minister, music, but I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to be in church every morning on Sunday morning. Come on now, somebody. So he was afraid. Ah, come on now, somebody. And I know that feeling. But the master came back, and he condemned his sermon, left him with nothing. Because I can't trust you. Hallelujah. I, I'm going away. I'm not going to be here always. Come on now, somebody. And when you think about it now, Jesus, if you tie it back to that, Jesus himself, come on now, somebody. He said, I already walked away. Hallelujah. I've given you talents because I can't do it no more. I showed you how to do it. I walked this earth before. I already did and showed my talents. So I'm seeing if I can trust you to do the same thing. Come on now, somebody. Come on now, somebody. So the Lord began to ask me, Ray, what you doing with your talents? Hallelujah. I was in that place getting ready to graduate. Hallelujah. Scared my own self. I got these skills. I went to school. You know, God, I don't want the accountability. Me, run a city? I'm for free. Wait a minute. Come on now. I'm only 20, 24. Hallelujah. And, and I found myself, you know, not in a good place. I didn't think I was good enough. Just like the servant with the one talent. Because I was around people who had many talents. Hallelujah. They had the government experience. They had the work experience. And matter of fact, I was the only, not too many people even looked like me. Ooh, come on now, somebody. Can I be honest? Hallelujah. Tell my own personal testimony. How to begin to look around and say, Lord, I got to start finding a job soon. But hallelujah. The, the one girl who's very excellent, I mean, exceeding, got all these talents. And she said she's having a hard time. Find John. I begin to say, oh, she got all of that. Uh, what am I going to do? Uh, <laughs> I know I done talked all this stuff all these years, but I had to stand account, and I wasn't ready to stand account. Come graduation day. Come on now, somebody. God knows I was afraid. So, God is good, I'm telling you. But when God began to show me that, Rayvon, you are valuable. The talent that you do have, you are valuable. You are there for a reason. You are in that program for a reason. You are in that school for a reason. You got accepted for a reason. Come on now, somebody. Whether or not your resume or, or your experience matches somebody else's, what you have is valuable. Come on now, somebody. So don't hide your talents. Whew. Whew. Hallelujah. Mm. So, you know, God said, don't, don't hide them. So in the end, I don't do all the that. I can say that my personal talents had landed me. I got a job now, praise the Lord. Not a full time yet, but 
Landed me a job working in the city of Sanford, North Carolina, working under the city manager. So I spent all of that time dreading graduate. I mean, I was happy to be done, but I didn't want to have that responsibility that came after that. I got to give me a full-time job, and I was in the right place at the right time at an alumni breakfast, and the city manager, he sought me out. Sent me an email and said, Rayvon, I heard you needed some work. Do you mind doing some part-time work? Can I give God the glory a little bit? Obviously, hallelujah, he saw that talent that I had. Even though I felt like it was one, he saw the value in my talent. Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm not up here to brag. I'm just trying to teach a little bit. Hallelujah. Because God knows I've been here. And now I'm in the place. And I'm working over something. He said, Rayvon, you can work here until you find that full-time job. We're going to move money around for you. You can work how many hours you want to work. So I'm pretty, even though it's part-time, I'm pretty much getting full-time hours. Come on now, somebody. And I begin to say, God, hallelujah, this talent that you did give me, hallelujah, I got to use it. Come on now, somebody. God, does I feel mighty good. Whew, hallelujah. And now, hallelujah, I'm in a place where I can showcase my talent. So the skills I thought I was lacking, I got the education, but I said, Lord, I don't got the experience, but I'm in a place where I can, hallelujah, build my experience. He said, Rayvon, what it is? This, what do you want to do this week? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I'm like, God have mercy. The poor city manager, hallelujah. But it's that talent. Hallelujah. And same thing to everyone who's graduating. You have a talent as well. Hallelujah. So don't get caught up if your resume doesn't look like somebody else's. Hallelujah. Or if you're the only person of color sometimes. I'm used to being that. It doesn't even matter. Because when God has placed something in you and placed something in your life, it will bear fruit. Come on now, somebody. Whew, it will bear fruit. I'm trying to tell you. Hallelujah. That's a point of message. Don't worry about how many talents. The five, the three, the two, the however many. That's the very fact that I got a talent that God saw fit. Whew, hallelujah. So don't hide your talents. Whew, have mercy. Whew. So I, want, I came to encourage all the graduates that, hallelujah, if you don't hide your talents, door will be open for you. Hallelujah. Cut call to mind. That's why I had to tell that testimony. Hallelujah. Because God knows at that alumni, when I met the city manager, God knows. Ha, I was afraid. That's the old bring your job resume. I said, Lord, I got to stand the camp. I, I, I don't know what the right words to say. I, I just went to school. That's all I did. I don't got, you know. But despite that, I showed up. Sometime in life, just got to show up being the right place at the right time. And when I got there, can I, can I be real just a little bit? Hallelujah. The one talent I do have, I do have the ability to speak on my feet. Hallelujah. So when I got to talking to the city manager, I was talking like somebody who had that experience. Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. If you don't hide your talents, you will find yourself in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. In order to receive your blessing. Hallelujah. Anybody want their blessing? And you will get a job in your own major. Come on now, somebody. Whew. Hallelujah. So I come by to let you know this morning about another man. Hallelujah. Who's telling this parable. Hallelujah. The man named Jesus. And, and I begin to think on that thing. Jesus didn't hide his talents as well. 
he showcased them to the world. He walked into his ministry. He used his talents, and he showed us how it was done. Can I preach just for a little while? Can I talk about Jesus? Is you still get excited about Jesus? Amen. Amen. And I begin to think on this thing. Jesus did not hide his talents when he turned water into wine. Come on now, somebody. Jesus did not hide his talents when he healed the sick. Come on now, somebody. I'm, God knows what I'm saying. God for Jesus. Hallelujah. He did not hide, hallelujah, his talents when he cast out devils. Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. Look how I talk about for Look how I brag on my Savior as well. Because he's an example. Hallelujah. See, Jesus, he didn't hide his talent when he made the deaf man talk. Hallelujah. Come on now, somebody. Sometimes you got to brag on him just for a little while. He did not hide his talent when he fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. Come on now, somebody. Who, hallelujah, he did not hide his talent when he calmed the sea. Hallelujah, come on now, somebody. I'm excited about him because he didn't hide it, y'all. Hallelujah, he wanted the people to see what God can do. He used his talents. And because Jesus used his talents, hallelujah, I got to use my talent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus walked in his calling. Hallelujah, he walked in his purpose. He used his gift. Hallelujah, I believe he told the boys, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. See, Jesus, even to get to that point, he had to showcase his talent. Hallelujah, he had to showcase his calling. Come on now, somebody. I'm so glad Jesus did. Because because he showcased his talent, I have a right to get to my father. Oh, hallelujah. There was opportunity where Jesus could have hid his talents. I can do all these things. I don't want to die for him. I don't want the responsibility. But it's something when God gives you something. Hallelujah. You have no choice but to use it. And Jesus, he used his talents. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited that Jesus didn't hide his talents. Come on now, somebody. Whew, hallelujah. Whew, he didn't hide his talents, y'all. Hallelujah. Whew, hallelujah. Even in the scripture, forecast and everything that's to come. Whew, I'm excited about Jesus for a second there, right there. Thank you, Lord. See, Jesus didn't hide his talents also when he was a beat all night. I know, hallelujah. He was beat all night. He was broken. Nailed to the cross. How much that's the coming that all can see. But you know what? Jesus didn't hide it. Hallelujah. He decided to use it. Hallelujah. And because he didn't, hallelujah, he fulfilled his purpose and he died for you and I. Hallelujah. He had to go through all that. So I come to let you know that your talent is valuable. Hallelujah. So as I take my seat, amen, I pray, hallelujah, that we take from this lesson that your talent is important. Your talent is valuable. Jesus already walked away. He already showed us what can happen when you use your talents. Hallelujah. And I don't know about y'all, but I've made up in my mind. Hallelujah. I can't hide my talents any longer. Hallelujah. When you go off to school and do various things, don't hide your talents. Be who God has called you to be. Hallelujah. And don't try to measure up to somebody else. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, he didn't measure up to nobody. Hallelujah. Good God from Zion. Who? Hallelujah. Who is the man says that I am? Some said you this and that. But he said, I am the son of God. Right now, I'm not worried about Elijah. I'm not worried about all of them. But I am the son of God. Anybody still happy about the son of God? He didn't hide his talent. 
Hallelujah. Good God from Zion. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Don't hide it. Don't bury it. But you got to use the very thing that God has placed in your hands. Come on now, somebody. I'm excited on this thing. Ooh, hallelujah. God have mercy. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, but, but, but God knows. Hallelujah. It ain't fun being in that place. It's not fun when you feel like you're ready. Hallelujah. I don't feel like I'm ready, not ready to be held in the count. Hallelujah. But honestly, I got to this place. My master would not call me. Come on now, somebody. If he didn't think, I can do it. So the very fact that he chose the one with the one talent, that should be enough right there. So I'm so glad that God saw fit to choose me with the talent that I have. Come on now, somebody. Ooh, just think about that thing. Could have called, I'm pretty sure he had plenty of servants. But he called all three of them. Obviously, he knew that he could win it and train his talent as well. He could have used it, but he decided to go high. But I've come to let you know now is not the time to hide. Now it's time to be who God created you to be. Hallelujah, whether you're in school or not, whether it's in the church, it's time, hallelujah, not to hide your talent. Ooh, hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. God, God is good right there. Mm. Hallelujah. I take my seat. Amen. If, if I can, hallelujah. I just feel, I don't know. Hallelujah. Something about that thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got all this stuff and you think you're not. I said, Lord, have mercy. These people are excellent. And I know I got to work twice as hard being the only African-American male. Come on now, somebody. I know I'm not got to work twice as hard. But Hallelujah. He, with the one talent that I did have, hallelujah, somebody saw it. And I come to let you know that if you use your talent and don't hide it, God will put you in places where people can see it and recognize it. How he'll put you in places where he'll look over the ones with the five talent, hallelujah. But if you use the one that you have and you're proud of it and you embrace it, hallelujah, somebody will notice it. Hallelujah. God is good. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. God is good. God is good. Mm. So don't hide. If I was, as I take my seat, find, embrace, value your talent. It's valuable. God gave it to you. And the very fact that God entrusted it with you, that means I know. That's his seal of approval right there. The very fact that he gave it to you, that means I trust you with it. Hallelujah. Take care of it. Hallelujah. It does not matter if somebody has more. As long as you operate and you will be rewarded. Hallelujah. Using what you already have. Hallelujah, as I take my seat, remember, don't hide your talents. To God be the glory. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. Is anybody grateful for that talent? Hallelujah. That's a good place to give God praise. That said, Lord, when I leave out here tonight. I'm going to do the thing that you have called me to do. Come on now, somebody. That book that I need to write. I'm going to write that book. That song I need to write. I'm going to write that song. That musician I need to play. I'm going to play it to God's glory. It's time out from hiding. Because you know what? Satan benefits when we hide. Our talents. Why? Because hallelujah, God's glory is not being lifted up. Hallelujah. I come to let you know. Don't give the devil the satisfaction. Use your talents. You got to showcase them. And say, here am I. 
I am who God called me to be. Just like Jesus told them, I am the light and the resurrection. I am who I am. Good God from Zion. I am Rayvon Walker. MPA. Hallelujah. Come on now, somebody. It's not about being arrogant. It's not about cook hard or being big-headed. It's about realizing your value. Hallelujah. That's enough to give God praise. I'm trying to leave it alone. Hallelujah. But somebody needs to know. Hallelujah. You are important. God has not forgotten you. Hallelujah. God see you with your talent. Hallelujah. And you know what? If the boys were smart, they had five, they had two talents. Then one had one, but if them boys were smart, instead of looking to see how much who got what, if they would have came together, hallelujah, cook God from Zion, and used the talents together, hallelujah, I believe they would have been able to get more for that investment, hallelujah, because you know what? The master would have came back. I had one, but you know what? He got to say, well done to all of us. Ha, come on now, somebody. God is good. Amen. God is good. Don't hide your talents. Don't hide them. It's too valuable. To God be the glory. Amen. again all of us here at White Oak thank you for listening God bless but it makes us wonder it makes us wonder in our own natural state it makes us wonder because our time is not his time and, 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 and we're thinking that well God should have been here to, to save Lazarus and, and God is saying I have to show you something because there's a miracle you haven't seen yet. There's something in your character that still needs to be developed. So in order for me to develop that part of your character, I have to let this happen. And that's why we, you know, you know, people ask, well, if God is so good, why do bad things happen? Bible says we ought to have an answer for every man. So what do we say? Why? If, if, if God is so good, if you praise him like you do, why do, why do these bad things happen? Come on, come on. How will you learn how good he is if you don't go through something?
time crying out to God for him not to let this thing happen because it will bring us pain. saying if I don't let this thing happen I can't develop that part of your character that's in me on November 6 2015 I got a call saying that my dad went to the hospital And I can remember I was worried, but I remember thinking, my dad is Superman. He's gonna be fine. So I remember them calling me while he was in the ER. And they were saying he was in pain. They were updating me. I was still at home at the time. And I remember saying, well, Daddy, I love you. We hung up the phone. My husband and I came to Wilson because we had gotten a call that my dad had gone home to their residence and things didn't look good. And so my brothers told me on the phone, I believe, so I wouldn't worry. And I got to 2105 Sandy Creek Drive, thinking that I was going to walk in and see my daddy. And I remember my brother standing in the yard. And Dwayne looked at me. And Sean looked at me. Sean said, baby, he's gone. And that is a memory that I live over and over. And my immediate thought, which I am not ashamed to say, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, and speaking in tongues. I ask God, why? I asked him why. That's my father. That's my pastor. It's my superhero.
And there was a while where I kept asking God, I can't see why you would have done this. I don't understand. And a few months after, because I didn't quit coming to church, I didn't quit singing. I kept smiling. Even though I was hurt. I kept coming. And there was one Sunday, Bishop Moses came. Now I don't think I've ever said this. And I went about that Sunday as usual. I led praise and worship. I came on my guitar. But he looked at me and he put his hand on my back. And he said, you've got to keep going. He said, I know it hurts. But you've got to keep going. And if you don't keep going, he said, someone will fall. I don't know why God had me to share that because that was not in my message. But there's somebody who needs to be reminded that the pain you're going through is so God can teach you something. Pain is for a period. It's for a period of time. It hurts for a period of time. But unless we go through the pain, I have learned how to trust God through my experience. I thought I trusted him before. I thought I did. I thought I did. Right? I thought I did. But I really have learned how to trust him. And you know, trust looks different. We're going to be coming from, if you're in Sunday school and Bible study, this is going to sound real familiar, but God is going to allow us to pull a piece out of it that I believe we didn't really focus on. So turn to Exodus chapter 14. That's all right. And we're going to flow as God gives it to us. Amen. Right, amen. I started to write notes and then I couldn't find anything to write on, so I just told God we just going to flow. Y'all be telling me I preach a long time, so I'm still looking at the clock. Now, uh, Jane, you, you know, some of y'all say that, and then some of them be telling me I can serve this day. You know, some of us like to be in church. Some of us, you know, be ready to go home. I get it. I get it. 
I get it. We're not going to be before you long. But I believe God has a word. Amen? Amen. We're going to come from Exodus chapter 14. We're going to read majority of this um, chapter. Um, I want to read straight through, and then we can go back and break it down a little bit. Is that okay? And I'm sorry for those of you that have been in Sunday school and Bible study, but uh, this is, amen. 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 Let's read straight through in the King James Version. And pray for the preacher. Pray for my voice. Amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pihoroth between Migdal and the sea over against Baal-Zephon before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness have shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that they were that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captives and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a with and high, and high hand. Excuse me. But the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pihorah before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt, uh, dealt us with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou out unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they may go forward. But lift thou up thy rod. And stretch out thy hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his hosts, 
upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God went before, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. Say strong east wind. Strong east wind. Oh, come on. Strong east wind. Come on, one more time. Strong east wind. All right, come on. All the night. And made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Skip down to verse 26. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand over the sea, this is after they have gone through, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Right. Amen. 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 I love this passage of scripture. And in Bible study, we, we were we were studying it, you know, it, it, it got kind of good. And, and I remember when I was sitting there, because a, a few weeks ago we talked about, uh, we were in the same book of the Bible, we were around chapter 10, and we were talking about those locusts that came through, right? One of those plagues that, that had been sent so, so uh, um, the Israelites could be set free. And, and, and I remember I, I heard... Someone read the scripture, and they talked about how there was a strong east wind that blew all night. There was a strong east wind that blew all night. And by morning, the locusts came. I remember saying, hmm. Wind brought locusts. And so this past Wednesday night when we were reading and it's, it, it said that he, he, he stretched forth his rod and a strong east wind blew again and dried the land. I remember thinking, ah, east wind again. And I was sitting there, but I was starting to God was like, mm -hmm. east wind, east wind, east wind. So I, 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 so I was looking. And east wind appears in the Bible the most out of any type of wind. Right. It appears 19 times in 19 different scriptures. It appears four times before this part of scripture in Exodus 14. Mm -hmm. What is east wind? 
So in that time, when wind blew from the east, point to east somebody for me, please. That way, okay. I'm directionally challenged. I am. I would have just had to feel the wind back in the day because I wouldn't know which way it was coming from. <laughs> like, okay, I feel it, Lord, that way, okay. So, there was a strong east wind. So, I, I, I remember looking up, it, was, it appears four times before this, and I, I, I was I was asking God, well, tell me what this east wind is. And so I did a little research, and it, 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 um, during this time, when wind blew from the east, it was a dry wind. All right. It was a hot wind. And in and, and, uh, Genesis, uh, wind blew from the east, and it dried up the corn. But after, after the corn dried up, it actually budded again and regrew. We're going to get to that. But the wind brought destruction. So the wind came through in Genesis, dried up the corn, allowed it to wither and die. In Exodus 10, the east wind came through and brought locusts. Terrifying the Egyptians. In Exodus 14, the east wind came again, and it not only took the walls of the water up. But it completely dried the ground. I mentioned in Bible study that if the ground hadn't been completely dry, you try taking two million people through mud. Somebody wouldn't have made it. Somebody, somebody's heel would have got caught. They would have tripped and fell. Their foot would have been stuck. Saying, "Help me, Moses." Intelligent, purposeful, and intentional. Let me go through and explain. Let's go back a little bit. So, during this period of time, God had already sent all the plagues to come upon the Egyptians. The firstborn children and cattle and things like that had died. And uh, Pharaoh was upset. And uh, he had freed the people uh, because he was tired of their shenanigans. He was tired of it. Like, look, y'all go from, from out my face. I don't want to see you no more. Get out my face. He didn't say bless me before you he was tired of Moses and his people. Because he knew there was something, that those plagues had to have been tied to him. So there was something going on. I don't know about this God just serving, but he's got some, he's got some power. So take your people and go. Right? Give me a little blessing before you go. 
cél a vár, give blessing. Give me a blessing for you. And, and, and so after he had sent them away, you know, they had gone out. People had gone out. Moses had directed the people out. And they're traveling and they're, um, you know, in the wilderness. And, and God begins to speak to Moses and he says, because, you know, I, I want you to know that Pharaoh thinks that, you know, he thought this thought of his own accord. He thinks he thought it of his own accord, but God said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. I'm going to do that. I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart because God realizes that there's some people, you know, he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. So he realizes who he will get glory out of. So if he can't get glory out of you giving it to him, he will get glory upon you. I'd rather give it than I'm giving it. Come on, somebody. He will get the glory. So whether I give it or he takes it, he will get the glory. Come on, somebody. That's better than what y'all talking, but that's all right. Verse 4 says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. He said, I'm going I'm to get the glory. So I'm telling you what's going to happen now, because they will come after you, but it's because I've done it. I allowed this thing to happen. Because if I don't harden Pharaoh's heart, if, if, if I can't do the, if, if I don't get glory, Singing, Lord. 
God, and fill us, fill us, fill us, God. Fill us, fill us. Let me show me your glory, Lord. Fill me, Lord. I want to be more like you and haven't poured anything out. We haven't loved like we're supposed to. We haven't served like we're supposed to. God said, I know what you got going on. I know you're busy, but when have you served me? Where is your service? This message is for saved folk. Where is your service? I hear you, Lord. Where is your service? You said you love me. You said you want to see my will be done in the earth. But where is your service? I can't, my will can't be done unless you do your part. Sunday service and not do nothing. I'm going to look this way. You know God has called you to do this. You've heard his calling. You've heard it. And yet we sit telling God, I got, I got this going on and I, I got this, I got the handle, and this is taken. And <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's tight, but it's right. Amen. 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 It's okay. Just say ouch and tell the Lord I do better. <laughs> We, we, we've got to stop acting like we've got forever. Because if you're waiting until this thing happens, if, 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 I'm, if I'm waiting, you know, till I get out of school to, to serve in this area, if I'm waiting, you know, for, to have kids until this happens, if I'm waiting for my kids to grow up until this, if I'm waiting for, if I'm waiting for it till I get this age, until I, if I'm waiting for, if I keep waiting, there will always be another thing. There will always be something else. Where is your service? God is saying, I've given you a ministry and you have to do it. I'm looking down because I don't want to look at nobody. I don't want nobody to be offended and say, just go talk about me and I don't want to come back to church. All right. <laughs> it's tight, but it's right. It's right. Lest you serve, somebody will fall. There is somebody that's depending on your service. All right, that's it. All right, that's it. And if you aren't where you need to be in Christ, if you aren't serving in the manner you need to be in Christ, they will miss God. It's not just your pastor's mandate. That mandate in the last chapter of Matthew was given to all of 
disciples. If you're a believer, there is a mandate that you bring Christians into the body of Christ. And how can you lead when you sit? Ah, this message don't feel good. Amen. Amen. I love you. Verse 4 says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts. And the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. And it was told to the king of Egypt that the people, so now that, you know, after God has told Moses, you know, this is, this is going to happen, they're going to come after you. Now, Pharaoh starts to get a feeling. All right now. He starts to think like, hmm, I just let all my slaves go. <laughs> You know what? That won't get out of here. <laughs> Who gonna make my bricks? Who will bow down to me? So Pharaoh starts to think his heart is starting to harden, but he thinks it is of his own accord. Because he thinks I am King Pharaoh. I'm the king. I got to get my slaves back. So he thought about it and he took, he said, well, we got to go get them. And he, he got word that the Israelites were in the, in the wilderness and they, they've been lost in there. So we should be able to go in and get them and bring them back. And the crazy thing is, he thinks he thought it.
So it says the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Piharoth before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, so when he started getting a little closer, and I can imagine they really couldn't see him, but they could probably hear him. Sometimes you can hear something coming before you see it. Right? It's like you you you, you know the, the the rescue squad could be off in a far, far distance. But you can hear it coming. You can hear it moving closer. Right? So I imagine they could there, there, there was over six hundred chariots. I imagine they could hear the foot like a stump like a stampede. I imagine they could hear them coming. It says, when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. So that chest they had poked out started to come in a little bit. All right now. And they said, Lord, Moses, they're coming. And you remember how they used to whip us. I don't want to be whipped. So they were afraid. And then they said unto Moses, But there were no graves in Egypt. Hast thou taken us to die in the wilderness? Amplified Virgin says, Why have you treated us this way and brought us out of Egypt? Did we not tell you in Egypt, let us alone? Did we tell you leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. We at least, we had a bed, we were warm, we, we could go in our, our, our places at night. You know, we, we got, might have got whipped, but it was alright. We, we could eat, we, you know, we, we weren't going to die. Moses! So that proud and defiant, you know, feeling that they had when they first marched out of Egypt, you know, now became a feeling of, 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 of you know, they were afraid and, and they were, you know, scared and they didn't know, you know, I, I, have you ever felt like you were about to die? You ever had that feeling? When I wrecked my car in high school, I hit a, a little divot in the road. There was a car that was coming in my lane and I kind of swerved to get out of the way of the car. It's a big red truck and I hit this little break in the concrete, it was a hole. My tire dipped down in it and it snatched the wheel out of my hand and I spun. And I remember thinking, and while I was spinning, I am going to die. This is it, Lord. Parents might have buried me. That was my thought. I felt like I was going. I, that, I had never been more scared in my life. I got out of the car and they were, you know, the policeman was saying, you were supposed to hit that tree. I don't know how you missed it. Angels encamped round about us. Thank you, Lord, for your angels, because he allowed me to spin and rest gently in, a, in the field. I missed the tree. My car didn't hit nothing. It just spun around, and I was sitting there, and I remember somebody rode past, and they, they knew who I was, and they were saying, girl, I thought you were dead. And I said, I did too. Cause I sat in the car for so long, cause I I I I would I didn't have to make sure. They had that feeling. They felt like they were about to die. You brought us out here, Moses, and we gonna die in these woods. 
salvation of the Lord. Sometimes when we hear those words, fear not, stand still, we think, Pastor mentioned it this morning, that we're just supposed to fear not and stand still. God gonna move, he gonna move, I'm telling you, I feel it. Ooh, I had a good time at church Sunday, he finna move in my life, I feel it, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, he moving, yes he is. And we find ourselves waiting for God to move. versions define stand still as to stand firm, confident, and undismayed. Don't be saddened by your situation. Be confident that the God you serve is able to not only deliver you out of this situation, but stop the enemy so that you will never see him again. Which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen, today you shall never see again. It's the Amplified Version. Verse 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at risk. Sometimes we're we're in this this place where we we you know we're, it's it's a tough situation, right? And we uh we act like God don't know we're there. And we begin we keep crying out and crying out and crying out and crying out and God is saying, just do. What I told you to do and be quiet. Mm. We spend so much time talking. God said, You can't even hear me talking. Mm. All right. How many times do we do we sit down, you know, to hear from God? Not to pray. Just to hear from Him. That's not those words that said Selah. So you pray, God is saying, I heard you. No. So you can. It's hard to hear when there's a whole lot of talking going on. And our this vertical relationship is no different. If we're constantly, we can't. And God is saying, I'm speaking. <sighs> Verse 15, and the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou out unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. So he's telling Moses again, stop praying. Do what I told you to do. Tell them to go forward.
So verse 16 says, Lift up your rod and stretch your hand over the sea and divide it. And the Israelites shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. Uh, skip down to verse 21. Amplified version says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. I want you to note that, you know, the Israelites get a bad rap. They get a bad rap in this, these, these verses because they're, they're oftentimes thought of as, you know, you know, weak and, um, yeah, stiff neck and uh, hard headed. Yeah, you know they call all these names. Um, but I want you to think about. I just I told we talked about what an east wind means, right? Yes. It was a dry land. Yes. Oftentimes brought destruction, right? We bring locusts, so it caused things to dry up, right? So if you want, you put yourself in the Israelites' place. If you were standing and looking at this Red Sea, and you're waiting, you know the Egyptians are coming. Uh -huh. And you start to feel an east wind come. And the east wind starts to blow. You feel it coming from the east. And you know what east wind does. <coughs> Would you be afraid? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you thinking, well, God, there ain't nobody out here but us. What you going to do? All right, then. It's coming. And this, this is an east wind. I hear that. Imagining in my head what those two million people were doing because all their faith wasn't that strong. Come on, somebody. Everybody in the church ain't there yet. So I can imagine some of them were murmuring among each other, thinking, you know, well, is God going to kill us? Is he going to bring locusts to us? Is he going to dry us up? What's going on? There's nobody out there but us. I'm scared. Children's books, and the Lord is going to allow me to do that. All right. Go ahead. 
seas on a lake. What is in the sea, Andrew? Drew, what's in the sea? I won't look at you. What's in the sea? What be swimming around in the sea?
under the sun. Come on now. Yes, we serve the ultimate meteorologist. Amen.
So when he's able to make money, the church benefits. When he's able to make money, the nonprofit benefits. All right. 